I took a couple moments where I just kind of stopped and took a deep breath and looked around and just soaked in the feeling um, because it is such a special place to be. And um, I think in a lot of ways, having the right mindset going in, kind of knowing it was my last, but knowing it wasn't just about the medals, maybe opened my perspective a bit and allowed me to perform almost better than I ever have. We're going to go out on the field. We're going to score as many goals as we can. We're going to have fun. Oh, Becky, oh, well placed. play one more down. Keep this jersey on one more play. I give it my all. It has been my pleasure and my honor to represent you all. A fairy tale ending for an athlete. This isn't just you've racked up all the titles available to you at some point along the road and you retire post the glory days. I'm talking your last race, in this case races, is that glory day. That last competition is pretty much you standing at the peak of Everest, planting that winter flag with a guttural scream. That kind of finish. It's really so rare. Michael Jordan didn't finish that way, neither did Mia Hamm. To close the chapter basking in the glow of the highest high requires a special mix of things in your control and that which the universe decides should be. American skier Keekon Randall experienced this elusive kind of goodbye. From a competitive athlete standpoint, the final weeks of her career were one big rendezvous on cloud nine. In February 2018, she won her last Olympic race, a victory which saw her clinch the U.S.'s first ever cross-country skiing gold medal. It was a lifelong dream. In March, in her actual last, last race, she stood on the podium for a final time in the U.S. And with that, Randall's career came to a close in cherry-on-top fashion. There's a saying, what goes up must come down. So in thinking about bowing out on an apex, how do you conceptualize the time after it? How does that experience exist in relation to what's next? Not long after her final race, Packing away her skis once and for all, Keekon Randall found out she had breast cancer. Just months after that historic gold medal was placed around her neck, she was undergoing chemotherapy. Only retired for a little over a year now, her story of the end and after the end are vastly different human experiences at surface level, yet they exist together as part of her life, of course, side-by-side, chronology-wise, and also humanity-wise, in this haunting and beautiful way. Now, well, to get to the end and what it all meant, we start, as we always do for a little, at the beginning. Well, I think growing up so close to skiing um, as a kid, it's always kind of a love-hate relationship. Um, my parents really wanted me to enjoy skiing, both alpine and cross country, and it was an activity my family got out and did together quite a bit. Um, 
And as a kid, I don't think I fully appreciated uh, always being out there. Um, sometimes the cross-country skiing felt hard or it was cold or, you know, my friends were doing something else. Um, but because I just went out there and did it all the time, once I got out there, I, I always enjoyed it. I always had a great time chasing my cousins around, following my aunts and uncles, my parents. Um, and so if, I think so much exposure to skiing early on kind of instilled that kind of joy of skiing for me, that love of, of gliding on the snow, of uh, tackling challenging descents. And then later I came to appreciate kind of the challenge of the uphills as well. Um, Alaska has winter six months of the year, so it's uh, advantageous mm -hmm. to like winter activities. And there were a lot of great opportunities to get involved with some teams and groups. So it became a very fun social thing. Um, and, and what I love about it is it just developed this lifestyle for me that regardless of whether I decided to be competitive, um, I enjoy being outside. I enjoy uh, the activity of skiing and that's going to be with me um, for the rest of my life. But then it also piqued my interest competitively as well. Anyone with eyeballs could see early on that Randall was athletically gifted. You know, I do have some good physical attributes that allowed me to be um, strong in gym class and strong in some local running events and skiing events. And so I got to experience uh, success in, in the in the athletic sense pretty early on. And I love the feeling of, of pushing myself and trying to be the best. And her accomplishments reflected that. In 2002, at 19, she made her Olympic debut in Salt Lake, just months after a record-setting performance at the Junior World Championships. At the 2006 Winter Games in Turin, she finished ninth in the Olympic sprint, the best-ever result in Olympic cross-country skiing for an American woman. Her resume is riddled with firsts and bests on the international level. This status had an effect on her identity and her way of taking on the world. She was good at what she did, and there never was really a doubt about it. However, for Randall, what was perhaps more formative in developing her sense of self were the moments that were never memorialized, because they were the times she came up just short. Um, there were instances, for sure, though, when I wasn't the best. Uh, I remember around the age of seven or eight, there was another girl um, in Anchorage that was just crushing me in all these track races and running races. And I remember going, oh, my gosh, she's so good, you know, and I'm not that good. But it it was never discouraging to me. It was always just exciting to be like, OK, well, that's that's where I want to be. That's I, I've just got to keep working hard. And I alpine raced for a few years through middle school and also was not one of the best athletes out there. I um, was the alternate for the Arctic Winter Games team one year and then uh, worked extra hard, came back the next year and ended up as the alternate for the junior national team. So both of those years were tough because I'd worked hard and came up just short of what I wanted. But again, it was good practice for me to kind of realize, well, you know, okay, I can see where I need to be and I'm just going to keep working to get there. And, uh, and I think that's kind of been a constant theme throughout my career. Um, mm -hmm. When I went to my first Olympics, I was 44th place, you know, well off the medals podium. And there was no American woman that had been on the medals podium. So it was a big leap to think that was possible. But yet it was just like, well, 
but I want to see if it's if it is, and it's just going to take some time and a new approach to get there. And I'm so glad that I had that kind of that dream and maybe that experience that allowed me to be patient and committed to to work almost 20 years to make that happen. So now we leap past many highlight reel moments to the end of Randall's career. She announced that she would be retiring at the end of the 2017-18 World Cup season. It was on her own terms. For the then 35-year-old Randall, the timing just made sense. I had always wanted to end my career on an, after an Olympics. And after 2014, um, I definitely had a big decision to make because I, had kind of, I wasn't going to get another chance at the skate sprint which was my best individual event in 2018. And my husband and I really wanted to start a family. So I had to really think about whether I would commit my family to racing for another four mm -hmm. years. And, you know, would we be able to have a kid and then come back? Um, but I had just gotten to the point where I was starting to be, you know, all those years of hard work were paying off. And so I was racing well. I felt like I still had a lot of physical potential and, the team was getting so strong and I really wanted to contribute to the team events. So that's what really motivated me to keep going another four years. And I did take a winter off to have Breck in 2016. Uh, and then I had two years to come back. And so I knew, um, I knew 2018 was going to be the end. Mm. And um, it was, I was pretty fortunate to be able to kind of choose when I wanted to end um, I got to do it on my terms. And of course, when you have a big performance right at the end, you, there's that small part of you that goes, well, geez, should I, should I keep going? <laughs> um, but I think for our, where we were with, as a family, um, it just made sense to, to kind of close that chapter and be able to focus on my husband's career for a while and be able to focus on family a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, we wanted to try and expand our family and have another child. Um, so that would have changed my racing plans. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it kind of all worked out perfectly. All right. Randall mentioned that quote, big performance right at the end. Let's talk about it. So heading into the 2018 winter games in Pyeongchang, she knows this is her last Olympics, her last time on the biggest stage, her last chance at winning a gold medal and making history. It's February 21st, a Wednesday. Randall and her teammate, Jesse Diggins, have lined up for the women's cross-country team sprint. Six by 1.25 kilometer sprints, alternating between the two teammates. Over 15 minutes of skiing, Randall pulls out a fantastic performance on the fifth leg, giving Diggins an ideal chance to fight off the duos from Sweden and Norway in the final leg. It's fairy tale ending time. gold medal for the U.S. 
Now, let me tell you, in the lead up to this interview and while I was producing this episode, I watched that call like 19 times and it never it's never going to not give me goosebumps. It's it's so good. And it's even wilder to think that the whole thing might have never even happened. 36 hours before the race, I still didn't know if I was going to get a chance to be on that team sprint because several of our athletes were racing really fast and it was a incredibly tough decision with the coaches. Um, and so when I got the word that I was going to be on that team, to me, it was just this tremendous opportunity to race um, a relay for the United States one last time because I knew that would be my last shot. Um, and so I just was so excited to be on the team, um, so ready to give uh, the best effort I possibly could on behalf of the team, even if it meant rolling my eyes back in my head. And as we came into that race day, we didn't race till five o'clock in the evening. And so it was a long day of waiting around. And I just, I was nervous, of course, because I knew I was going to be up against uh, uh, Mart Bjergen and Charlotte Kala on the first leg. And that was going to be um, tough. But I was also so excited to just leave it all out there one more time knowing that, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to leave with no regrets. And I think that was a different mindset from other races where I went in still want, you know, wanting to give my best, wanting to have no regrets, but also knowing, Oh, but if it doesn't go well, I'll have another chance. And this was like, no, this is like the final chapter. I want to do it right. Um, the cool part is Jesse and I spent a lot of time together. We never talked about the medals. We just talked about how excited we were to go out and represent mm -hmm. the team and to ski smart and to ski brave. And, uh, and I also knew that, um, you know, I had Breck waiting for me that I, I got, would mm -hmm. get to see him after the Olympics. And I just was really excited to kind of wrap up the experience. And I just also knew that it was my last Olympic race and I wanted to kind of soak it in. So I took a couple moments where I just kind of stopped and took a deep breath and looked around and just soaked in the feeling, um, because it is such a special place to be. And, um, I think in a lot of ways, having the right mindset going in, kind of knowing it was my last, but knowing it wasn't just about the medals, maybe opened my perspective a bit and allowed me to perform almost better than I ever have. Like I said, the sprint event in South Korea was this last huge event, but it technically wasn't her final go around as a professional. The last actual last was in the U.S., and that also ended on a high. It was kind of poetic. Rather than the last ever event being about blinding, go as fast as you can so you essentially black out sort of speed, it was a 30K. Lots of time and lots of course to really think about and smell the roses what I will consider my last official race was the 30 K national championship classic. And so I got mm. 30, 30 K to enjoy my final race, you know, as hard as it was, I just tried to really kind of enjoy it and appreciate kind of the moments as it was going by. Normally I, you know, I just can't wait to finish those kind of races. They're <laughs> generally not my favorite, but this one, um, I just, yeah, took it all in and I definitely pushed myself pretty hard by the end. I was 
just running out of energy, but uh, managed to make it on the podium one last time. And that was fun because I got to spray a bottle of champagne on the podium and I got Jesse and Sadie pretty good. So that was, <laughs> that was a highlight. So much of that winter, that farewell was perfect. And then devastation. In April of last year, Randall got the cancer diagnosis. The vehicle, her physical being that had propelled her to the podium, that top, all those times into that fairy tale ending, was the same one now driving her towards an unimaginable low. Bodies, they are all at once amazing and sucky. I don't know whether to say fortunately or <laughs> I've had some some other setbacks and injuries and illness in my career mm-hmm. that forced me to um, really think about the conversations that were going on in my head. About 10 years ago, Randall had been diagnosed with a genetic blood clotting disorder that had led to two hospitalizations. Um, not letting myself run away with the negative thoughts and emotions and try to always kind of reframe and come back and focus on the things that I could control. And something that always helped me with that was kind of having a plan and a roadmap of where, where I was going so that I had the smallest things to be able to check off and see progress. And it was, I had also learned how important it was to have a, a really good team of people around me. And that started with my family, um, who have been there no matter what. Um, but then it's building a team of the right medical professionals and friends and friends and family that can kind of help distract you when things are tough and to help be patient, encourage you. And so when I got the cancer diagnosis, um, those things came into play right away. I mean, my family was there helping me kind of digest this crazy information and process it and figure out a plan right away. And then, um, and then as I went through treatment and, you know, I was feeling physically brought physically down and, you know, occasionally mentally down, um, it was my family and my friends that would kind of help pick me back up and remind me that the discomfort was temporary and then I was making progress and that soon I would be getting back to the way I wanted to feel. Um, so I think those were big things. Um, and then also just kind of keeping positivity as the, as the main theme as much as possible. Um, cause it's daunting and there's frustration and despair and you're scared sometimes, but anytime I could kind of bring, bring those back around to thinking about, there the reasons to be optimistic and the progress um and even looking up and saying the sky's blue today that's great mm-hmm. um that all that really helped olympic gold medal and a historic happy career end cancer diagnosis and chemotherapy again these episodes are on seemingly different ends of the human experience spectrum in all kinds of obvious ways and yet in the mental and physical resilience required the support of loved ones or a team, planning, clarity of goals. There were a lot of ways in which Randall was equipped to overcome this unimaginable, daunting obstacle. It's amazing how much it compares to my life as a ski racer. And I feel really lucky to have had that experience to help me get through cancer as well. Happy to report that as of two months ago, Randall is cancer free. She's only a year into retirement, and she's really realized that the life cadence of a professional athlete is not something she wants to shed. 
<laughs> um, well, I was initially really excited to to no longer be following a training plan <laughs> and to be able to go out and do all these new activities. But the funny thing was, uh, already a month or so into retirement, I realized how much I actually like structure and I like having uh, something to work towards. So I would go out and all of a sudden I would be kind of paralyzed by the indecision of, well, should I bike today? Should I run today? Should I go hard? Should I not? You know, um, so it's been fun this summer, um, about a year later to, um, have chosen some goals that are different from my ski goals enough to where I feel, uh, I have new challenges, um, but to have a bit of a training plan in place so that I can feel myself progressing through the summer and, uh, just having that little bit of discipline, I think on the exercise side has also helped me in figuring out my new daily routine and being productive kind of in the new uh, career paths that I have going, um, as well as, you know, really maximizing my time with my family. Randall has one son. His name is Breck with her husband, Jeff Ellis. She was actually the only mom on Team USA at the Winter Olympics last year. Fun fact. Being able to put more time and energy towards family has perhaps been the most joyful part of retirement for the Olympian. Coming up on three and a half, and I feel like all of a sudden turned into a little boy, not <laughs> not a baby anymore, and just getting so fun to interact with and play with. And, you know, he's running now and biking and we're swimming, and um, it's just so much fun to enjoy every moment I can with him. And you can bet that Breck is already quite familiar with the slopes. We were tempted to put him on skis at about 11 months because we were coming up on his first birthday and he's an April baby. So we were end of the winter and we thought, well, we could put him on skis to say that he was on skis before his first birthday. Um, <laughs> but we ended up waiting till about 18 months until we got him on some skis. And he, uh, we had this, these really fun skis we got from L.L. Bean that uh, go over his snow boots. And so as he traveled on the World Cup with us, we just brought those skis around and he skied in all these different places. And we've had him on alpine skis as well. Um, you know, so right now he's kind of getting that kind of subtle introduction. He's, uh, his attention span's pretty short, so we don't go for long bouts, but he's getting a little taste of it. And, uh, and I hope he ends up loving it as much as my husband and I do. Keycon Randall, no doubt, is a unique woman. She's an Olympian, a cancer survivor, a history maker. Still, the message she hopes to relay to individuals in the midst of or heading towards retirement is accessible. I think it was really important for me to be involved in other things outside of my sport while I was competing. I think it gave me a good balance um, during my training and competition so that I wasn't totally uh, riding the roller coaster only on, on ski racing. Um, and a lot of those things that I dabbled with and worked on while I was competing have now turned into opportunities that I've been able to jump into um, right away. And I think that's been important because I can imagine if I just finished racing and I didn't have that next step in place, um, then this whole thing would be a lot more daunting because, I mean, it's it's already been a bigger deal than I uh, thought it would be coming into it. Um, but because I've had so many great things to connect into right away, 
it's giving me something to focus on and process while I kind of figure out kind of this new normal, this new lifestyle. Um, and so I think uh, not being afraid to, to dabble with things and try. And, you know, of course, you always have to find the balance with your training and competing. But um, I think that's been really helpful for me. And um, and not being afraid to kind of think ahead and plan ahead and reach out to people who have recently gone through the transition um, and kind of start wrapping your head around how it might feel. Unsurprisingly, she's still chasing new challenges and the fulfillment that comes with pushing herself. I am doing a open water swim next Saturday in Seattle. It's a one mile swim that's a fundraiser for cancer research. As an athlete, Randall got her fairy tale ending. The next chapter, the retirement chapter, started with a nightmare. Regardless of what event defines the end, ushers in that curtain call. A new beginning comes. Change comes, ready or not. So the question is, how do you respond? Thank you to Keycon Randall for coming on to the podcast, and thank you for listening. We hope to see you next time.